everybody. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio today by Mike Volpe. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. What's going on? What is up? Nothing. Cool. It's nice out. It's very nice out. That means summer's over. This is true. Kind of. It's the 5th. I'm today, not... We're recording on the 5th of we are. September. And yes. It's 80 degrees, low humidity. Yep. But it was cold this morning. It was. It felt cold. Yeah. In comparison. Yeah. I had all my windows open, just kind of airing out the house. But it was nice, in a way, for it to be cold. Like, it was. I'm not always super happy about it when I wake up in the morning and it's no. super cold. No. But I quickly adjust. The fact that I wasn't waking up in my own sweat was nice. It is nice. That was nice. <laughs> well, I got up. First thing, I wake up. I throw shorts on. And then I take the dog out. Yep. But I didn't expect. All the windows were shut. So I didn't know what to expect. And when I opened that door, it was like, woo. Yeah. Hey, now. <laughs> Hello, hard nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into the show today, I do want to kind of throw out a uh, general disclaimer for people. Not for the show in general, but just for this month mm. uh, for the podcast. Things have been getting very busy over here uh, for me personally and professionally. Not in uh, necessarily my own personal work, but things that I have to do to make money. Because the Geek Generation is not making as much money as I hoped it mm. would by this time. I do have to find income in other places. So uh, as a result, there might not be an episode every week this month. Uh, we're going to do our best and we're going to try, but I can't guarantee a show every single week. Uh, next week's going to be really up in the air. Mm. If people do want to make sure, though, that we're able to provide an episode every single time, they should probably start going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. That's right. And they could become a patron and support our Patreon, or they could use thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Yep. And uh, then they will help us out by making purchases. And we get a little kickback from that. There's so many ways to help us out that uh, I don't think people should have too much trouble doing so if they want to do so. But that's the only way to really guarantee entertainment every single week kind of moving forward. I will say that RMC uh, and that has been a big time mm -hmm. crunch too, starting it up. But I'm really happy I did. I'm enjoying doing it. It does take less time to do an episode of RMC than it does. Yeah, I was surprised. You're only, they're only like 35 minutes. Yeah. I was listening to one the other day while I was prepping food. Yep. Uh, which one? I don't remember which one it was. Indiana Jones? Yeah. Was that the first one you did? That was the first yeah, one. Yeah. Started, yeah. I was, it was good. Yeah. They're like, only... Having not been on that yet, yep. like listening as a, as a fan, yep. it was very entertaining. Cool. The way that you guys are doing it. Yeah. They're only 30 to 45 minute episodes. Uh, we try and keep it short, which means my editing time is shorter. Yep. My whole prep is watching a movie and taking notes while I do it. So my entire prep time is only the length of that particular movie. Yeah. Whereas prepping for this show takes probably like 10 hours or so just in prepping each show. Well, there's a lot. Between all the research so and all the depth. stuff that we're watching. And it really is. So uh, it's easier to do RMC every single week. We're going to try and keep these up to go along with it. But at least you'll have those to fall back on if we don't with this. Okay. Let's get into the actual show by starting off with our geek outs. Yay! I'm up first. You're up first. All right. So I've noticed a show come up over and over and over on Netflix, and it's Trailer Park Boys. Yes. And every time I look at it, I go, this just looks stupid. Like, what is this stupid show? Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give the first episode a try. And it was hilarious. Yeah. They're 30-minute episodes. The seasons are super short. Mm -hmm. They're only seven to ten episodes. Okay. So they're really quick moving. Uh, I'll give you a basic idea of what the show's about. This okay. is just the Wikipedia Is this on MTV? I've definitely heard the name before. No. So I don't know if MTV picked up rights to it. Okay. Um, the name just sounds like Net an mtv Netflix type owns show. it now. Oh, okay. So it start, it's a Canadian mockumentary television series created by Mike Clattenburg. It focuses on the misadventures of a group of trailer park residents, mm -hmm. some of which are ex-convicts. Uh, they're living in a fictional Sunnyville trailer park set in... Uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Okay. So it's, it's Canada. So they have the accent, which. Oh, so it's not even like a reality type show. It's no, this definitely is, fiction. This is, it's kind of the format of like The Office. Okay. So the idea is a couple guys get out of, it starts off with they're getting out of jail mm -hmm. and they've hired a camera crew now to just follow them everywhere they go and document everything. Okay. So it's just hilarious because it's just <laughs> their living conditions and just everybody in the park is yeah. just messed up. Yeah, yeah. It's the show aired after the originally there was a 1999 film mm -hmm. and then it was picked up by Showcase, which must be a, a channel in Canada. Okay. In 2001, the show ran until 2007. They did their final episode and then there were three shows after. So the show ended and then they did like three little specials because okay. I guess the, the demand was there. People really love the show in Canada. So they did a couple more specials and then in 2014, Netflix picked it up. Mm-hmm. 
um, and they've produced two more seasons. And now they they did seasons eight and nine, and now they're doing ten and eleven. Oh wow! So it's been going for a while. So it has been. The show's been running for what is that? Sixteen years. Yeah. And it's funny because if you look at the way the characters look in the first season, mm-hmm. and then I just scrolled down to see how many episodes were in the last season, mm-hmm. and it shows you a little clip. They're, they're getting fatter. Yeah. Oh, it just, I mean, 16 years is a long time. Sure, sure. And to keep up the characters is a lot. Absolutely. Because I guess these guys have gone out and made public appearances as the characters, and people just love them. And I, it's one of those things, like, I didn't understand. I was like, I don't get what this is going to be about. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Like, hmm. the show is just, the stuff that comes out of their mouths is just ridiculous. Yeah. Because it, it almost feels natural. Okay. As if there, there's no, it feels like there's no script. And that these guys are just winging the whole thing. Yeah. But it's edited well so that it flows. It's well, not- yeah. I mean, if it's fiction, then they have to kind of write things. It's they've just got they, they got the characters are just outlandish. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's the white kid who thinks he's this ghetto rapper and he's mm-hmm. got this posse that follows him. There's the park supervisor and then the weekend supervisor who are gay and they try to hide it. But it's so obvious. Right. And it's just through all 16 seasons. All, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> it, it comes out, but okay. they, they try to not make it. Sure. You know, sure, sure. It's and these guys just they're the whole goal for those two guys is to get a couple of the other characters back in jail. Mm-hmm. Like that's their whole point is by the end of every season to get them arrested and back in jail. Jeez. Oh, so it's like at the end of every season, it's not really a spoiler. At the end of every season, they're back in jail. At yeah. the beginning of the next season, they're getting out of jail. And it's like this repetitive thing yeah. over the course of, you know, seven to ten episodes of what kind of trouble can these guys get into. Right. The show actually feels more like it would be a Mike Judge oh, okay. show. Like sure. that's as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is like Beavis and Butthead and Live Action King of the Hill style. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what it's like. Mixed cool. with the office style shooting. So I strongly recommend whoever has Netflix out there that you give the show a try because it moves fast and it's pretty damn hilarious. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next geek out. Ah, my prayers have been answered <laughs> finally. I don't know if like if there's a God and he, and he heard them. Yeah. Or if common sense has now caught up to McDonald's. Okay. But they announced that beginning October 6th, they will now serve breakfast all day. Oh, boy. And if it's 24 hours, 24 hours. Oh, boy. But there's a catch, of course. Of course. So as I read it, they said that it's 14,000 locations that are going to start. I don't know how many locations there are, but 14,000 seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. But the way they're doing it is some locations, like, they're going to have the breakfasts that have biscuits. Okay. And the other locations, like the Egg McMuffins will come on biscuits, and other locations that will only come on the English muffin. Hmm. Like they're cha- they're dividing it up to see what is going to sell more. That's weird. I guess they don't want to go full force and like provide everything right off the bat. They kind of want to test markets and Slackers. see what's going to – Yeah. <laughs> Just either, do it. Either way, I'm excited because now I can have an Egg McMuffin anytime I want. I don't know what they need to experiment. Everybody's been wanting this yes. for so long. Like, this is 2015. It's the future. We get breakfast at McDonald's all day. Right. I don't know if Back to the Future predicted that, but I'm pretty sure they probably did. Maybe. They predicted everything else, so who knows. So October 6th, that begins. The big day. I hope it doesn't bomb on them. I hope it actually works. I hope. You'd think people have been asking for this. Yeah. Pancakes anytime. Hotcakes. That's right. Hotcakes, right? Hotcakes. And my last geek out is, I know you collect all the the pop vinyl guys. Yes. And it wasn't something that I was intending on collecting Mm -hmm. because you're after a certain theme. You're definitely the the superhero, you know, DC character theme. And I have been collecting the Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. And then I have a couple horror movie characters. And last night I got uh, Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. and Michael Myers. So now nice. I have Jason, Freddie, and Michael, and I'm pretty excited. So about you're gonna it. have a little, a little whole horror thing. Yeah, I do. I have I have Alien and Predator mm-hmm. facing each other, and then I have the other three. Yeah, I have Jason, Freddie, and Michael Myers. They're facing off, facing off against each other. Epic battle. Yes, which I think uh, did you say that they were? I thought there was in a news report somewhere that they're working on that exact movie. Oh, uh, I think Matt brought that up last week. That's right. That uh, Freddie, Jason, and Michael's. Yeah. Not necessarily uh, Freddie, but Jason versus Michael Myers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got to get Freddie involved. Eventually. But they're really cool. The detail on on the Jason one is is really done well because the mask has some scratches and it's got blood on the machete. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're cool. I like them. They are fun. 
And those are my geek outs. Okay. My first one is Instagram. Yeah. Because there has been an update to if people update to the latest version, they'll see uh, that this feature is now implemented forever. Instagram has been known for that square format. Yeah. And that was pretty much all you could do until recently. Now you can also do uh, landscape and portrait mode. Oh, really? So you could take. Did uh, I not see that? I wonder if I didn't update. I don't know. Maybe it's. Well, I mean, how many times do you update without actually checking what the update is doing? Like I do that all the time. Not that I just I update to yeah, the latest version. But if you're scrolling through your feed, you might notice that pictures are now a little bit longer at times, or oh. they're a little bit shorter because they're actually a, a portrait photo really? or a landscape photo instead of a square. So square is not the required format anymore, which as a photographer is kind of nice. Yeah. I don't have to crop a photo or put those like weird kind of like blurry side things around it to make it look square. And you can just kind of put whatever. So that's kind of nice. But that's I mean, nice. it's not like you can do any size. Like you can't just choose random whatever. It's either the square or mm -hmm. it's the aspect ratio of like a normal photograph. Right. You can't just be like, I'm going to do this long line of like nothing. Gotcha. Yeah. So. I also noticed they have a share thing on there now. Yeah. But it, it doesn't allow you to it's not like, like a, share to everybody. Right. I haven't actually messed around with it yet because I was like, I don't know what this is going right. to do. But it lets you share the image to, I guess, directly to someone. Yeah. The, the so capability. So tagging somebody in it, you can just share it with them. The capability to kind of send an image to somebody, like a direct message, mm -hmm. has been around for a little while. But yeah, that new share one allows you to just click it and share yeah. it to someone directly. I'm still waiting. And I don't know if I'm going to like this or not like this if Instagram decides to go this route. Like. People are already regramming things mm -hmm. by using third party apps. And you would think with the kind of the way Instagram is looking, what other people are doing, like we talked recently about their collage yeah. app to kind of tie yeah, that in. They have their own now. And they did it very well. I'm wondering if they're now going to do that kind of repeated, like that regram function. Mm -hmm. Well, that should be part of that share feature. You just click on that. It should give you the option to repost right, or right. share it with someone. But I don't know if I necessarily want that. Why? Because I think... Like the, one of the things that bothers me about Twitter is sometimes I'll go follow someone because I want to follow that person. And all that person ends up doing is retweeting other people. Oh, I and be like, you. if I want to follow those other people, I'll follow those other people. Right. But I'm not interested in necessarily what they're saying. I'm interested in what you have to say. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't regram a lot of stuff. It's usually stuff that either has me in it or mm -hmm. relates to me in some way. Right. I'm not just like regramming somebody else's joke. Like that's kind of what I'm worried about is it's just going to be your news feed is going to turn into somebody else's news. Feed. Exactly. But yeah. Or I don't want a curated feed. news feed. I want just the direct stuff from certain people. Right. But I, I know it kind of exists like that already, but I feel like having it in the separate apps kind of makes it kind of deters it. If yeah. it becomes a normal feature, just everybody's going to use it all the time. Probably. Probably. So I don't know. It's, it might be good. It might not be, but we'll, see isn't it nice that for weeks in a row geek outs have been centered around a social media app or something like it's we're we're always freaking out because facebook yeah. sucks and yeah then with instagram it's always positive yeah it's nice it's weird to think that they're owned by the same corporation then why because facebook does own instagram but i'm wondering if when they bought instagram maybe they just left the team that was in charge of it in charge of it and that's why instagram's still good yeah and facebook just can't seem to do that who knows um, my next geek out is a show i've talked about before it was more so when it came out but uh it, the first season's now over they just had the season finale of mr robot and they actually had to delay the season finale i guess it was what was it the uh the shooting in virginia of oh. the news reporter yeah they said they had some images in the season finale that could be sensitive like that happened on the day the finale was supposed to air. Oh, and they were like, well, we're going to try to be sensitive to this and we're going to delay the finale by a week. So you're going to have to oh. wait one more week to see it. But what I'm happy that they didn't do is they didn't alter or change anything in the show. They just said, we're going to move it away from this specific tragedy. Sure. But our art and our show is still our show. We're not going to make any modifications Good to for it. them. Yeah, I think that was a smart move. Mm. So it, it definitely if they had made changes, I can tell kind of what they were referring to within the episode mm -hmm. and it wouldn't have been as good. Like they were sending a specific message by oh. 
leaving these things in the show Mm -hmm. and it was necessary to do so. But the show's been amazing. It's been really, really good. Uh, I heard Romy Malik and Christian Slater on Nerdist. Mm -hmm. They were on together. They were fantastic on the podcast there talking about the show. Uh, It has so much potential. The it was already awesome. But then like the last three episodes really amped it up. There were some major reveals, some major twists that happened. And uh, it's it's just gone to a whole new level. And I'm really excited to see where it goes, especially when we talked before about the fact that they kind of have an arc planned out. So I I feel like there's not going to be a whole lot of filler. And we know season two is coming already. Mm -hmm. So that's also pretty cool. But I think this is going to be a show that definitely word of mouth is going to spread really fast. And it's going to get a lot of critical acclaim and it's going to be around for quite a few years. So if anybody hasn't watched Mr. Robot, check it out. It's on USA. I know you can buy it on iTunes and stuff like that. So you can do so if uh, if cutting the cord is your thing like it is mine, you can get it in other ways, too. My last geek out is a uh, an event that I just recently covered a couple days ago, Mm -hmm. and that was the Impractical Jokers live punishment special. I had never seen the show Impractical Jokers. Uh, Have you seen that before or heard of it at all? I've heard of it. Okay, it's been on for four seasons. Mm -hmm. It's on True TV, which I think was the one that was like Court TV. It was. Years ago, yeah. and then it became True TV, and now it has nothing to do with <laughs> legal shows or court shows or anything like that. It was like G4. Like started off as games and stuff, and right. it turned into Well, cops. that was even Tech TV before yeah. it was G4. Yep. So in Practical Jokers, there's four seasons. It's a show where basically they pretty much – it's four guys that just kind of fuck with each other. Like they set up challenges, mm-hmm. and they just mess with each other as much as possible – and the person who loses the most challenges is punished at the end of the episode by having to do something else. Very, very funny show. I, like I said, I'd heard about it, but I never really watched it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, pranks aren't really my thing. Like, I always feel bad for the person the prank is being pulled on. But in this show, the victim is not the crowd. Yeah. The victim are these friends. They're each other's victims. Right. So sometimes the things will affect people in the public and they they usually do it's usually some sort of public humiliation but of themselves not of other people and i like that delivery a lot yeah, more yeah that's better yeah absolutely. you don't feel so bad exactly but like one example of a challenge i just watched was they were in a restaurant in new york and they all had to they all had to steal a sip of somebody's drink a stranger's drink but they were all given <laughs> different straws yeah so like one person was given a straw that was probably like <laughs> like a couple inches in diameter right, and a then giant it was, straw. yeah and it was so it was a pretty big straw and uh he had to try and like somehow sneak that <laughs> onto someone's <laughs> drink and that's that's part of the fun of it is trying to do that yeah the next person was given a straw that was maybe an inch long <laughs> so you had to get like in the cup right to, right great. another guy was given one of those like beer hats yeah with a straw and so he wired <laughs> the straw down his sleeve to try and like sneak that into somebody's drink that way and the last person was given a straw that was 10 feet long. Oh my so God. he literally just stood like he sat at another table and tried feeding <laughs> no, it over the person's head <laughs> and into the glass. It was really good. But they have kind of challenges like that. It's a lot of stuff where like they'll put them out in public and make them say things. Mm-hmm. And you lose the challenge if you don't say everything you're told to say. Like they have a feed right. in their head. And it's a lot of stuff cool. like that. But Really funny show. This was the 100th episode, Mm -hmm. and they film everything in New York, and they did the live punishment special in New York. So they figured for the 100th episode, we're all just going to be punished. It's not going to be a challenge. We're just all going to do a punishment, and this punishment is going to be walking a five-story high high wire. Oh, my God. Yeah, above New York City. So crazy. Right. Now, they, they of course, do have a harness, and they were trained for a little while by uh, someone that works for Ringling Brothers. Cool. So they had a little bit of practice, but they only practiced for, like, a day or so, and they, I think, walked on, like, 13 feet indoors. So having a live crowd, having it actually be five feet, (laughs) having it be outside, these are all variables that they did not prepare for, but that's what it was. So I hadn't seen the show up to this point. Yep. And I know my friend Ryu is like a huge fan and she had posted on her Facebook at one point that it was a bucket list item for her. She's like, sure, someday I'm going to meet the impractical jokers or whatever. So I had this opportunity and I always figured to myself, I'm like, if if you have an opportunity to help a friend accomplish a goal right. and you don't take it, how much of a friend are you really? Good point. Yeah. So I had an opportunity mm-hmm. and I figured it's also coverage that we can do for the show here. 
they clearly have a very big following. They've been on for four seasons, and right. I looked at like the Facebook and stuff, and it's a big crowd that watches the show, so that's cool. So I replied to the uh, the press release, the PR release that we got, the yeah. invitation. We set it up. We got interview time that's with them great. and everything. So we met the Impractical Jokers. Super nice guys. Yeah. Super nice. Like no egos whatsoever. Just ready to like joke around and have a cool. good time constantly. And uh, this was in New York. So we made a day trip out of it. We went yeah. up in the morning. Uh, we ended up interviewing them, I think, at like five o'clock. But then the the actual stunt wasn't until 10 p.m. Wow. So it was it was Absolutely. pretty late. Yeah. But one of the things that we did do to cover the actual show, uh, I was looking for a good shot. Like there was a place to set up for press photos and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we were standing on a press riser kind of in front of the stage. Yeah. And Howie Mandel was hosting the whole thing, which was kind of cool to see him yeah. in person. Like we saw him warm up earlier in the day. And then we saw him on stage before cool. the special kind of like preparing again and actually pre-shooting a lot of the live spots like mm -hmm. he was doing. It's only 30 minutes until the right. Impractical Jokers live special. So we saw him record all those and the crowd going nuts and everything yeah. so that they would play him back. And it's kind of cool to see just the production side yeah. of TV. Like, So that's not live. They pre-record the it's 30 minutes. A lot of the bumpers and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But then the actual special, of course, was live. But tons of production value all over the place. Uh, we were looking for a place to shoot. They did have a press riser set up mm -hmm. so we could stand on there and get some photos. But then someone came over and started putting down like assigned spots and it was oh. like Getty images and like all the big names. I was like, oh, we're not going to get anything over here. So we went to another area and angle just wasn't right. Then we went up to uh, the place where we had interviewed them because mm -hmm. it was on the second floor. And I was going to see if I could shoot through the windows to maybe get a better angle that way. But the windows were all dirty. Yeah. Then we bumped into somebody who randomly was like, hey, you getting some good shots or whatever. I'm like, eh, it's not so great. He's like, well, I had to go up onto the roof to uh, set up a modem, a, a Wi-Fi modem for the event so yeah. that people could use. He's like, it's open. Like, you can just take the elevator to the fifth floor, go up there. Oh, wow. We're like, okay. I saw you post a picture. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't. I was like, what the hell is Rob doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, this is it. He thinks he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, this is awesome. Yeah. So we just, uh, and this is something I tell people all the time. I've learned it the past few San Diego Comic-Cons, if you've ever heard me talk about yes how we always end up sneaking into something or sneaking other people into something. If you walk into a place like you belong there, you should be there mm -hmm. and you're supposed to be doing something. Then people will generally just kind of let you go about your business. Plus we did have the press badges too. Right. If you just walk in looking straight ahead, walking yes. towards your destination yep. and you're not looking around all like, where am I? Yeah. You're yeah. Fine. yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny. We were walking over the elevator and there were security people standing by mm -hmm. the elevator doors. And Rio and I just started having a conversation of like, Oh, you want to go back downstairs and see if we can find that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we hit the down button on the elevator to get in. And we yeah. just hit the five when we got in and went right up to the <laughs> roof. Like <laughs> nobody's yeah. stopping us. So we went That's up there. Great. We were set up up there. And they have video footage. I actually just found some of the video footage today. And they sent me some that was actually broadcast. And it's funny, too. You can't specifically see us uh -huh. on the roof. However, when uh, one of the guys, Q, he was the only one that made the actual walk across yeah. watching the video. You can see Ryu jump up and down oh, on really? the roof. Like you, I could tell by her clothing yeah. which one was her. And then you can just see a, like a, a hint of blue. So uh. you can see my blue Geek Gen t-shirt. <laughs> so we're up there. Oh, we're that's, definitely that's up there. Cool. And I got my footage from up there, which I'll also post along with the interviews uh, on our YouTube channel and on the geekgeneration.com and all that stuff. But I also want to play the audio for okay. our listeners right now so they can uh, hear and enjoy this. I'm here with Murray and Q from the Impractical hello, Jokers, hello. and uh, you guys have quite the stunt tonight. Yeah, we quite do. The stunt. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. That wire. Literally, it's literally five stories. Yeah, yeah, there. that's it. Wow, that's it. Is this just like the culmination of we need to do something big and bad for number one hundred because we've just gone? Yeah, it's crazy. in the nature of the show. You know, the show is uh, us making, forcing each other to do yeah. really <laughs> embarrassing things or things that we can't possibly do. Yeah. And this is the perfect summation of that. Would you say? I like to think it's a stepping stone to our 200th episode where we shoot each other in the face with cannons. <laughs> that's the next logical that's thing, it. right? That's what's coming. Seems next, like an though. overreaction. Yes. Talk to me at 200 episodes. <laughs> you, you want to be yeah. shot. Obviously, there's got to be some fear. I mean, you guys have done some crazy stuff. Some. But, but some fear. Some fear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm going to cry. I'm going to uh, cry up there. I'm telling you. It's it's scary up there. You, you're going against all of your... or we, we, we took a little trip to the platform yesterday, okay. and it's 
it's your body just doesn't want to do no. what it needs to do. This is funny. Your mind says walk, and your body does not react. The body just gives you the finger. Yeah. Is there anything you've done up to this point that gives you some sort of comparable level of trepidation that this well, does? You know, we, Q's Falls was pretty close. Yeah, that's where true. we were. Uh, Q won the episode, and the three of us got punished, and he made us answer questions and ultimately jump off of a cliff. Right. And the cliff was like thirty feet. Yeah, yeah. And that was. I had a similar feeling as I did yesterday, where my body said take a step, and and I couldn't right, do it. Right. And same thing. I was frozen up there. I couldn't jump off the cliff. That was probably yeah. the closest in terms. Well, of that was actually probably a little. Well, because we had here we have Velo Knock who who trained right. us and who supervised the safety and all that stuff. So, like, in terms of that, I trust him. Q Falls, we didn't know what was under there. No, that's true. Yeah, so that, I don't know, man. But this is, I don't know. I didn't have to do Q Falls, so I don't know. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really look forward to the show, and I hope everybody uh, makes it through the other side Hey, brother, no problem. Thanks for coming down and talking to us. Thank you. I'm here with Joe and Sal from the Impractical Jokers, and uh, you guys have yourselves quite a stunt tonight. What was the genesis of the idea? Uh, well, we wanted to do something that all four of us can participate in that goes with the theme of the show, which is forcing each other to do stuff that we don't know how to do and we really don't want to do. Yeah. Then we added the charity element, the live element. We figured it'd be just like a nice overall celebration with the fans and our family and stuff. Yeah, it was cool that we were able to do something with the fans, so to have like fans here with us was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Were there any vetoes leading up to this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we were oh going to do God. a four-way set each other on fire. Uh, shot, out of the the shot out of the cannon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do a kangaroo boxing match that didn't take. Yes. Uh, yeah, true, all true. There was a bunch. Is it still in the uh, basket for potential? Well, if we, if we get another season, <laughs> nothing, nothing ever goes away. Yeah, no, ever. No. Everybody, you gotta be careful what you say around each other because if you're like, oh, I hate that, and once you say that, you gotta see because yeah. then somebody's playing your next punishment. With that is the main yeah. ingredient. Right, but right. also, if you catch on, like I go around complaining about how much I hate pizza, <laughs> and then I just, he just keeps sending me pizza. Oh, I hate getting <laughs> massages so much. <laughs> Trying the reverse psychology angle yeah. a little yeah. bit. We haven't. Yet. Is there a fear at all that you're going to get up there and you're going to see a certain pair of sunglasses waiting for you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no Who way. told you? That's, I will not put those on. I may or may not be a plant. So. <laughs> I tell you what, if I put them on or if I didn't, there's going to be no difference yeah. in my walk. Yeah, it's funny because we're just trying to fall the furthest. Like, sure. none of us are going to be able to do this. This yeah, is yeah. insane. We're not, we're not anywhere near able to do this. So we're hoping to get... The winner's going to take three steps, is what I think. Yes. Everybody's going to be talking to. He was a fireman, but again, then again, we all got up there, and any practicing we did kind of goes out the window, because we didn't practice at that height. Right. We didn't so, practice outdoors. Yeah. We didn't practice at that height. So, yeah. All the people screaming at us or on live TV or the wind. Yep. The highest we practiced at was 13 feet. Yeah. This is 50. So How long have you been practicing for? I mean, not a, my, a, I would, day. a day. A yeah. day. Yeah. A couple, couple days. A couple days. They literally, basically, we're like newborns trying to walk for the first time, yeah. except it's five stories That's up. exactly. Right. It's really going to be like American Gladiators. We're going to see that spinning cylinder <laughs> yeah. and knocking you off the whole time. Right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. I look forward to seeing the stun. Thanks, man. Sounds awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. There it is. I think the, the goal here is to see who kills somebody first. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Light each other on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like the kangaroo boxing match. How I know, did right? that not win? Well, probably safety reasons. Ah. Like, those things can hit hard. Kangaroos have killed people in boxing matches. It's happened. I put some headgear on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about our freakouts. Yeah. Oh, freakout. Well, I only have one, but it's a sad one. It is a sad one. Unfortunately, Wes Craven has passed away. Yes, he has. Brain cancer. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't know either. Apparently, they kept that secret, yeah. which is good. Yeah. There's no need. But it's unfortunate because he's definitely one of the masters of horror. Sure. Make it some of the... He's written, directed, and produced... Most of his movies, or at least wrote and directed the majority of his movies, mm-hmm. which, if you're not familiar with him, have movies like Last House on the Left, yep. Hills, uh, The Hills Have Eyes, of course, The Nightmare on Elm Street, so he created Freddy Krueger, yep. the Scream series, yep. all of them. He's, I mean, the list of movies that this guy has done are endless. And actually, the, when I looked it up, the Scream movies were his biggest money makers in, oh no doubt in order too in, oh really in terms of what they grossed it went scream one two three oh, four wow in that order and then his most successful nightmare on elm street was mm-hmm. the third one which he didn't direct but he wrote hmm. so he wrote and direct the first one directed he wrote the third one okay and then he wrote and directed <clears throat> um a new nightmare okay 
which was, I think, like the sixth or seventh one. Mm -hmm. Um, But the third one was the most successful one in the franchise. Wow. Um, And then, you know, as I was reading, I learned that about his his life, he actually collaborated in a lot of movies with Sean Cunningham, who created Jason. So they were buddies and collaborated on a lot of different movies at the beginning together, who then each branched off and created iconic horror movie characters. No kidding. That are still, you know, being made today. But if you look, he's just got a laundry list of a lot of lower budget horror movies yeah. all the way up till the end. But it, it'll be curious to see what goes on, too, because he was working on a Scream TV series. He was an right, executive producer. Right, right, right. So we'll see if that continues on. I'm sure it will. I mean, he probably kind of when you create a show, you generally create kind of a show Bible to set the ground rules and set the standard and the tone. Right. And people can take that and kind of run with it, I think. Yeah. And I like a lot of his movies have been remade, like a Hills, The Hills Have Eyes, yep. Last House on the Left. Yep. He executive produced every single one of those remakes. Oh, wow. So it's nice to see that he stayed involved and make sure that they, I assume, stayed somewhat authentic. Sure. Treated his stuff with so respect. It's and- just unfortunate to see because we think I think about these things all the time. Like, wow, like eventually you're going to see this actor or actress right. or somebody like pass away. And it's like. And now you see like somebody like this, right, right, you know, who's iconic. So there won't be, unfortunately, any more movies from him. But right. you know, he's got a huge list of movies, you know, and, and an amazing body of work to go back and look at. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but he's left he was, us with fantastic stuff that you will never watch. That I will never watch. If you watch Scream, I did watch the first two Screams. I saw the first three. Yeah. I didn't watch the fourth one. I actually did watch the fourth one and fast forward because it was so bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was? It was so bad. I thought people liked it. It did well in the box office. Oh, yeah, of course. But yeah, it doesn't no mean good. it's good. But, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we have to say goodbye to, to him, unfortunately. Yes, we do. Uh, mine is America's Got Talent, which is something I'm usually more yeah, excited about. Yeah, I saw about. that in the notes. What yeah. happened there? Well, okay. I'm actually kind of happy that this is Howard's last season okay. because I have it has been in my freakouts occasionally because of stuff that's outside of the town itself or outside of Howard or things like that. Like the production team is amazing on America's Got Talent. They do some great stuff. There's a lot of filler hmm. for sure. Uh, there's also a lot of weird choices made with the editing that kind of bothered me. Like a few weeks ago, they had the judges cuts. And they did make a modification to the judges' cuts that I actually liked this time around mm-hmm. in the sense that for, I think, all the seasons up to this point, when they did the judges' cuts, it would be the town auditioning in an empty room just for the judges, which I don't think – I know, like Howard said, he liked that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I didn't because I didn't think it was an accurate representation of their performance. Like, you don't perform in front of nobody. And a lot of these things you have a crowd for, like yeah. – a stand-up comic performing for four people that's not going to give you the same kind of reaction as having a full place uh your music and stuff yes you can practice that stuff but an audition like that shouldn't be done like they're auditioning to perform they've already performed in front of a bunch of people that pressure is part of it right so you should have the crowd there so they've done the uh judges cuts rounds in front of a crowd this time and i thought that was a smart change i Mm. thought it came off better as a show it didn't feel as weird or anything but the thing that really bothered me about that round is that they have i think 12 acts audition in a judges cut episode every act gets 90 seconds Mm. so you're figuring what no more than 40 minutes of actual talent performing and then the episodes are like an hour and a half right so all that other stuff is filler they are long and there's a lot of stuff that's unnecessary Mm. now i would think the priority on a show like this would be that everybody gets their full 90 seconds shown and some even get cut down because they get buzzed out and their act stops early right but i would say that out of all 12 acts that were performing there were at least four or five that they just showed snippets of Mm. and they didn't even show the full performance. And then if that person didn't make it, I'm like, well, why? I don't know. I didn't see the whole act. So you couldn't understand why they were cut. No, but I knew. But the other problem is I knew they were going to be because all the acts that were not shown in their entirety got cut. Mm. So good. No. So it's taking away the element of surprise as well. And that's no good. And the, another thing that I, that has bothered me too, kind of the whole time, and they had a different name for it. I think it was the Snapple save before. 
and now it's the Duncan oh, save. Yeah. So it's based on whatever person, uh, whatever company is sponsoring Dunkin' Donuts is sponsoring right this? now. Yeah, they're yeah. the big sponsor instead of Snapple. So in the the voting in the semifinals or the the judges cuts or whatever it is, no semifinals right now. They have the voting that they do the night before, mm-hmm. and then they come back and they do the results show the next night. And like the top seven acts or something go through or sorry, the top six go acts go through, but they're they're doing something with the last three. So instead of just taking the vote and saying, OK, the top six votes voted acts go through, they take three at the bottom and they say, OK, well, five, six and seven. Mm-hmm. You guys were voted five, six and seven. But instead of just taking five and six and moving them forward, we're going to allow the audience to save one of you right now by voting again. So whoever gets the most votes out of you three could go forward. So if for some reason, all of a sudden, the seventh place person got the votes, they could advance even though they didn't win the votes. Right. This is like the George Bush presidential election. Like he won even though he didn't win. Right. This is that kind of idea. This is good. And then they take the remaining two that didn't get saved and the judges pick between those as to which one's going to move forward. Now, the thing that exposes too much voting. It is. And the thing that exposes the whole fraud of this is when those two that are remaining that the judges choose between, there's four judges. If they go two and two, which happened last week, yeah, they go, oh, okay, well, let's see who got who who got the initial highest votes out of you before we went through all this garbage. And that person will go through because it's the tiebreaker. So why don't you just go through the initial? Hu- That's what I'm saying. It's stupid. It's a whole bunch of nothing for nothing. It's just too much. Like, let's save this one, save that yeah. one. Yeah. It's creating all this false drama instead of just going with the votes should, that if, are initially there. There should there. be an odd number of judges and they should have the final say on everything. Because yes. if you're going to have judges that, I guess, are, are experts in their field, mm-hmm. like Howard is... He knows talent when he sees it. He does. And they all have their own unique abilities. Yeah. And they've all, you know, done well in the entertainment business. So if you're going to have them on the show, let them pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. So then cut the, like the audience be there, but does America need to vote? I don't know. Right. What's the point of having judges then? And if you're going to let America vote, the America votes come in for the semifinals and the finals. Yeah. Up to that point, it is just the judges and the judges cuts happen and the judges do all that stuff. For the semifinals and the finals, if you're going to let America vote, just let it be that. Right. Like, okay. even if you want to devote maybe just only one full round and not have the finals and leave the finals yeah. up to the judges, too, or something. Uh, if you're going to say this round is America voting, let it be just that. And don't play any weird games. Don't have the judges decide between things. Don't have this weird save revoting garbage. I'm amazed that Howard can sit through this. I know. Well, he he doesn't necessarily complain about the mechanics of the show like that. But he has complained about like how much time it takes and lit- how little they use out of all the time they put in to what is done. Yeah. So like he looks forward to the live shows because they don't cut his comments down. Yeah. It's funny when the initial auditions are happening. If a judge does not comment on an act like they didn't show that judge's comments, it's because they were negative. So a lot really? of the times you won't see Howard comment on an act that the other three voted yes for because he didn't want them to go through. He voted no. Hmm. That's not fair because you should get a well a well rounded absolutely, view. but they I because think America they, should be like you know what maybe Howard was right 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 so already they're shading the opinions of the some people are just lemmings and they'll be like oh yeah, well, these people all said yes so I'm going to support that act as well yeah and they don't see the negative side but I don't I'm glad he's going to be done because then my reason for watching the show and it's it's too bad because the show can be good at times yeah and it's a nice summer filler show when there's now nothing he can else get back on. to doing the. A show, yeah. a radio show. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much it for my freakouts and for that in particular. We did mention in the show earlier today that you can support us by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. When you do, that will take you to our Patreon page where you can sign up to become a patron of the Geek Generation. Just sign up, choose your contribution amount, and it will be donated automatically each month. You can cancel that donation at any time. We've added a benefit for being a contributor. For those who donate $1 or more, you'll get early access to the show when it is done and ready to go. Again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Every little thing that you can contribute helps us do more of this for you. Reviews. Yeah. Mr. Volpe, you have a book. Yeah. Well, a couple different things happened here. Okay. I, I Two things. Well, one, it's a book. It's a book. Two, it's a book about relationships. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this doesn't really fit into the show format. 
But does it make sense now that I told you what's going on with me prior to the show starting? Sure. Okay, no, I'm just <laughs> So No, it was, uh, I had a bunch of gift cards to Barnes and Nobles. And I figured, you know, I'm going to grab a book, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was in the self-help section looking at books. Barnes and Nobles still around? Yeah. I figured all the bookstores are kind of. I went in there to get this book, too. It was busy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And this was late at night. This was 9 o'clock at night. And wow. the place was busy. So, I don't, for me, in terms of, like, magazines and books, mm-hmm. like, I need something I can hold. I keep trying to read things on my iPhone. Yeah. And no well, it's matter so how, small. But even though the print is is magnified. Yep. I just, it's, there's something about scrolling across the screen. Even when I'm looking up stuff on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'd rather have something in my hands that I can hold hmm. because then it's easier to go back to. I can literally just pull something off a bookshelf right. and, and look at it. But I figured, honestly, I was like, I look at what I'm good at in life mm-hmm. and where I've succeeded and where things that are moving forward. And then I look at areas of my life where I might need work. Okay. And, I feel like the relationship side of things has been a sore spot forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not good at it from my past. Yeah. And, and some of it is definitely, as I read through this book, which is actually entitled, it's 30 Lessons for Loving, Advice from the Wisest Americans mm-hmm. on Love, Relationships, and Marriage. So I figured, why not? The book just came out. Let's see what it's about. And the reason I grabbed it, I was like, you know, when you suck at something or you want to be better at something... Mm-hmm. You try to absorb as much as you can. So sure. like, I said to you, can you do a shoot in the gym for me, a photo shoot, like a fitness one? Yeah. What did you yeah. do? You were on the computer and reading stuff, watching videos, absorbing as much information as you could yeah. about how to shoot fitness. Absolutely. So I figured like I have a gym and it's doing well. The supplement line is doing well. I feel good. Like I can change my diet through exercise. Mm-hmm. Like I, The things that I'm after in life, I'm succeeding to an extent with. Okay. But I can't figure out how to make a relationship last right which is partly me and mm-hmm. partly i'm just i didn't take the time to figure out what i really wanted mm-hmm. because then i would have known better from my past experiences sure but what this author did that was different was he interviewed people in their 20s okay from all over the country about the, like, what questions do you have about relationships marriage growing older how to make it last mm-hmm. And he collected all those questions. And then I don't know how he went about finding these people. He then interviewed couples who have been married for decades who are anywhere from 50 and older all the way to like 90 years old who have been married for 30, 40, 50, 60. One person was married for like 70 years, was still married. Yeah. And asked all these questions to these older adults, Hmm. these older couples, and then collected all the answers and kind of put it together. And what's nice about this book is there's virtually no fluff. Like mm-hmm. it's right to the point, divided into sections. That's always appreciated. So you can just go through and it's like nonstop, like information and examples, mm-hmm. just things, things to look for, things to avoid. Yep. You know, red flags that if you see this happening, look, it's not going to change. Right. And it right. could be a problem. Okay. And if you see it, you got to just walk away because this person's not mature enough or ready enough for this relationship. And, just all the things, how to make the the little things last and how to stay, you know, how to deal with the stresses of money, children, lack of time, mm-hmm. lack of effort, like all those different things. So I read through it and it's actually a really good book and it allowed me to reflect and go, wow, I've made a lot of these mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the people that I've dated and I said, wow, they've all these different red flags were there that had I read this book, had this book come out 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had read it, probably would have avoided a lot of the situations I've been in. Yeah. So yeah. it was very useful. I definitely recommend it. I mean, if anybody out there is, if that's a sore spot or if you're married or you're in a relationship and you're just something you're like, I think I could do better at this. Or I think for people that are even read. in a relationship, they start to get, and I think this is probably a problem that they maybe address in the book, mm-hmm. is that people get lackadaisical exactly. about the relationship. They take it for granted. And you really should kind of check in with yourself and just kind of, Every now and then kind of refresh things. Exactly. Be like, hey, I should be paying a little more attention to this because this is this is not something that just exists. This is one more thing that requires effort and work yeah. to maintain on top of all the other stuff that you're doing. And it touches base a little bit. It's difficult with older people, but because they didn't have technology mm-hmm. and a lot of the connection that we have now, 
But for some of them, they've actually adopted it. Mm -hmm. And they talk a little bit towards the end of the book about how to deal with that too. Yeah. And and about a lot of it just comes down to no matter how busy you are or how many kids you have or what you're doing, you got to pick at least one day a week where it's just you and that person. Mm -hmm. And you try to put the technology away and just go do something. Yes. Something new or something exciting. Put the technology away is very important in that equation. It's really hard though. It is tough to pull yourself away. For some people. For some people from the phone. I have no problem. Oh, I love just putting the I'll phone on straight vibrate, up, putting, yeah, getting putting it away. Absolutely, but it takes effort. Yeah, all of it does, yeah. and and that's what it comes down to is where are your priorities. Yeah, because if you're going to be in a relationship or get married, you have to be with the right person. Yep, and you have to be able to make it a priority. Prioritizing um, is a huge word to think about when yeah. you're dating or in a relationship or anything like that. Mm. Maybe the most important word: priorities. Right. Right. One of the topics in there that I found interesting because I had a I had the conversation with, with Ashley because mm-hmm. she has a little girl who's going to be three. Mm-hmm. It was that and she initially disagreed with it was that the relationship has to come before the kid. Hmm. And she was like, no, no, the kid. Oh, and I said, well, the example they use makes sense. If you're on an airplane and the oxygen drops. I was drops, thinking of the exact same thing. What do they say to you? You yeah. put your mask on first yep. and then you put it on the kid. Right. And it makes sense because – if the relationship is dying, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to keep the family together? Exactly. You can't. It's the same thing as also the people that say, well, you have to accept yourself before you're able to open up to and accept others mm-hmm. as well. Like you always have to take care of the foundation right. before you can support anything else. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. the relationship is a foundation of having a child. Once that child is born, that doesn't mean that the relationship can start to crumble because a crumbling relationship negatively affects a child. Exactly. Exactly. The book is really good. Like I said, look at us being all. I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, But it's a really good book. I definitely recommend it. It's by Carl uh, Pillimer, who's a PhD. Mm -hmm. So definitely worth checking out. Cool. I highly recommend it. All right. I'm going to flip the script a little bit. A little bit. uh, (laughs) Go into a video game. Yeah. Back to what we do best. (laughs) Uh, I'm reviewing a game called Adventures of Pip. People that have listened to our PAX East episode from this year might remember this title. We talked about it before, and I interviewed one of the developers of it at the time. Uh, It is actually out now, has been out for a little while. The PS4 version just dropped recently, and that's what I was sent to review. It is a cool side-scrolling platformer. I do enjoy it. Very reminiscent of things like Mario and any kind of side-scrolling adventure you can think of like that. The main dynamic that makes this game interesting is Pip's ability to kind of change his form. Mm. So he has three different forms that he can exist throughout the game at any time, and they change often rapidly through the game because you'll have to use them to solve particular puzzles. So you have single pixel pick. pick, Nope, (laughs) that's not it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. These are tongue twisters. Single pixel pip. Gotcha. Yes. Him in his single pixel form. That's the smallest one, which and he's basically just a square. Okay. Like this. Uh, it allows him to fit through small areas. This is the form you start into. Uh, you can jump higher because you're lighter. Mm-hmm. And you can oh. glide because you're also light. So you jump in the air and you have a little bit of a glide on your way down. Your 8-bit version, when you increase your resolution. And the, the game is all about resolution. Like you pick up pixels as you mm-hmm. go throughout. And uh, the villain is called like Queen Derezia. Like it's, cool. it's all about resolution. Uh, so the 8-bit kind of middle version allows you to start wall jumping because now you look like a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can wall jump and you can hang on a wall. You're not too heavy to where you'd slide down. So you can kind of like hang on. Yeah. And, uh, you then get the ability to punch instead of just jumping on things. You can still jump on things, but you can also punch as well. Cool. And then there, uh, in your highest resolution form, you are 16 bit pip. Bit pip. Yes. I actually said that right. All right. I was just checking. So myself. 16 bit was like what? Sega? Like Super Genesis? Nintendo and Sega okay. Genesis. Yeah. Uh, so in that form, that's the heaviest of the three. Yeah. You can no longer like wall jump or hang onto a wall. You'll slide down. There are air currents that blow through some levels mm-hmm. as a pixel. You can get blown around by them or boosted up mm. by them. But in 16-bit form, you're too heavy. You have too many pixels. Yeah. So they don't affect you at all. Interesting. Uh, you also get a sword. So in addition to jumping on things or punching, you can hit things with a cool. sword. There are also blocks that you can only break when you have the sword. So all these different abilities play into uh, the puzzles that as you go through the levels. There are certain enemies that are like a glowing blue, mm-hmm. where if you bounce on them, you jump up in resolution. Oh. But at any time, you can devolve yourself. So oh, you just will. hold a button at okay. will, and you can drop down to the next one. Now, it seems like, why would you want to do that? Well, if there's a certain place you want to yeah, fit in as yeah. a pixel, 
or if there is like you need to wall jump through this area, you need yeah. a different ability, you can do that. You also, when you de-evolve, you kind of give off like a quick energy field mm -hmm. and you can actually use that to kill enemies. Oh, that's cool. So sometimes it comes in handy like that. There are also certain blocks that can only be broken by that field. So there are times where and to show like kind of how it can shift so rapidly, like I've jumped through while swinging the sword to break the sword blocks. Mm -hmm. The next area that I'm falling into is pitted, mm -hmm. but there's one blue glowing enemy there yeah. that like you bounce off to get to the next one and like then in midair devolve to break right. those kind of blocks bounce on another blue enemy to huh. pop back up to get the sword again and so like it's a rapid so shift you can downgrade can you upgrade or you have to hit you have to hit those enemies okay. to upgrade but you can devolve on your own at will gotcha. yeah which also is a strategic thing because if you devolve too quickly i'm sure that puts you in a tough situation exactly it, the game the level design is built pretty well in that you'll never be like you'll never get trapped by your own choice to oh, devolve okay. too much because then what do you do? Right, like then you can't you're advance stuck anywhere. In that endless, yeah, yeah. yeah, loop. So the, it's a fun game, fun gameplay. The levels are designed well. There's a lot of great puzzles. On the negative, there's only a couple things I would say is that one, there are a few puzzles that are way too challenging for the levels that they're placed into. Yeah. There are some earlier levels and a lot of the stuff in the beginning is a lot easier because obviously the difficulty should ramp up as a game progresses. Sure, definitely. But in those early stages, there are a couple puzzles that are like way too difficult mm. right away. So that's no good. Also, and I know they borrowed this from older games like Metroid, and I think Zelda might have had this as well. But I think there's a reason people left this thing in the past is uh, when you're down to one heart, mm -hmm. there's like a really annoying beep that keeps. Oh, beep, beep, really? Beep, yeah. And that's something that. That's annoying. Leave that in the past. That was a mistake when we made it. You don't need to constantly be reminded that you have one heart left. We, you know, when you're down to one life, right, right, because you have panic inside of you, right. And I don't. I think that is the intent is to create more panic, and uh, it just doesn't work. They could have done like a heartbeat sound, a boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom. But either way, you I know, think it's just annoying. Or just leave it. Like leave that one heart visually blinking. Yeah, that's enough. We don't need the annoying sound of just kind of cutting through everything. That sucks. Yeah. But aside from that, I do recommend it. Really fun game. Still playing through it now, but uh, didn't have time to play through the whole thing before the review, but enough to give some good feedback. Cool. Yeah. All right. News. Yeah. News, news, news. The CW and DC Entertainment have announced two castings for DC's Legends of Tomorrow. First, Reckless star Falk Henschel has been cast as Carter Hall, a.k.a. Hawkman. On Legends of Tomorrow, Carter Hall is the latest reincarnation of an Egyptian prince who is fated to reincarnate throughout time, along with his soulmate Kendra Saunders. Like Kendra, Carter can access the powers of the hawk god Horus, transforming him into the winged warrior known as Hawkman. Also, Danish actor Casper Crump is set to play the immortal villain Vandal Savage. In the series, Savage is described as having spent the past 6,000 years moving like a virulent disease through history, whispering the ears of despots and dictators, all leading to his eventual domination of the world. Both Henschel and Crump will make their debut in the Arrow Flash crossover event set for this fall before transitioning into the second spinoff series. I love that it's called an event. Yeah. Like that, saying it builds it up even bigger. It does. Like this isn't just... It's not the the Arrow Flash episode. Mm -hmm. It's an event. And they can't even say episode and either. And you because, have been invited. Right, right. <laughs> you know? like It's also usually because uh, they'll have it span TV shows. So yeah. the storyline will start on one show and end on the other. So the two-episode event. Yeah. The crossover. Event. It was great last season. So I'm looking. I didn't even know they were doing it again until mm -hmm. I read these announcements for the new characters. But the characters themselves seem fine. I love that we're going to see Hawkman. Uh, it doesn't look like they're doing alien space Hawkman. Right. But it, it, that's fine. This is kind of like the original version, as far as I know, of the characters. And Vandal Savage is a perfect villain to use for any kind of superhero TV show that's going to be episodic. Because yeah. he's an immortal character that exists. And they're going to be time traveling. So they're going to see him in different that's incarnations cool. throughout history. Very cool. Yeah. BBC One have announced that Alex Kingston will reprise her role as River Song in this year's Doctor Who Christmas special, which will mark the first time she meets her husband's newest incarnation in the form of Peter Capaldi. Doctor Who is set to return on BBC One on Saturday, September 19th with a 12-episode series, followed by a Christmas special on Friday, December 25th, of course. 
Christmas I know specials. That you're excited good. about that. I am. I am. You love all Christmas specials. Too. I really. But then do. it's a Doctor Who. I know. I know. It makes yeah. it even better. <laughs> Who doesn't become... like a Christmas special? They're always good. And, and most you... of them you don't see on Christmas. No. So no. Doctor Who being a brand new episode on Christmas, something to look forward to at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. Kind of everything's wound down, but then we still got the Who. Yeah. Jenna Dewan Tatum mm. has been cast in the recurring role of Lucy Lane on CBS's upcoming Supergirl series. Described as brash, funny, and as beautiful as her older sister Lois Lane, Lucy is strong, smart, and successful in her own right. She's got a history with Jimmy Olsen, and she's come to town to right a previous wrong. She'll first appear in the third episode of the show. Do you? I, when I when I was reading this, I went. They, they didn't even try with Supergirl. They literally were just like, let's just like do a mirror image of the Superman character and make it you know, <laughs> like like. Lucy Lane, Lucy Lane. Lane. I don't know. Yeah. Like, she is a real character, and in the comics, she actually becomes Superwoman. No, no, but it's just funny to me that, like, right when they created the Supergirl character, they didn't. It's like they didn't. They tried to make it original, but they didn't really right. try to make. They just right. kind of. It was like a gimmick, more or less. Sure. Like, let's oh, just yeah. make a character that the girls will love too. And it certainly evolved over the years, but yeah, initially it was let's make like, girls. Lo- Lois has a sister, sure, and she'll be with Super. I don't know. Right, it was, right. <laughs> it's just funny to me. And for people that recognize the last name, yes, this is Channing Tatum's wife. So oh, it is. It is. Yeah, oh. yeah. And she is very good looking. Oh, I'm sure she. I'm <laughs> sure she is. Yes. Uh, Max von Sydow has joined the cast of Game oh, of that's Thrones. A name. Yeah. Right. Max von Sydow has <laughs> joined the cast of Game of Thrones for season six. According to Entertainment Weekly, Sydow will play the three-eyed raven, the mystical tutor of Bran Stark. The character was briefly seen in the season four finale and was played by a different actor. Also joining the cast for season six is Danish actor Pilo Asbeck. I have no idea if I'm saying that right, but that's what it is. It looks like it. As Euron Greyjoy. The character is a member of House Greyjoy and the oldest of Lord Balon Greyjoy's younger brothers, making him the uncle of both Theon and Yara Greyjoy. In the original text, Euron is the captain of a warship called Silence, which is crewed entirely by mute sailors who have had their tongues ripped out Uh-oh, by the man himself. Nice. You're not going to get a mutiny that way. At least they're not going to be able to so organize you've something. you've watched this show. You're all caught up now. I am caught up. Is, yes. is it really as good as people say it is? Like, this really that great of a show? I really like it. So it's worth watching. Absolutely. I should ch- check it out. I, yeah. I think you should. Yeah. I recommend. Hey, well, start up a third podcast. <laughs> as if people need one more Game of Thrones podcast, right? I'm sure as there's if, a ton of them. And as if I have time. Right. <laughs> Amazon, Cisco, Google, Intel, Microsoft, Mozilla, and Netflix have announced their formation of a new open source this alliance. This is interesting. Right. And it's going to need some explanation. Absolutely. I'm too dumb. <laughs> the Alliance for Open Media. With the goal of developing a future video format that should be royalty-free, open to anyone, and playable on just about any modern device. The format is also meant to support real-time video delivery and use for commercial and non-commercial content. This last part is important because this means the format will offer support for content encryption, something Amazon, Netflix, and others have to support in order to be able to get the licensing rights for most of their content. While it's not stated, the Alliance is effectively trying to make an end run around MPEG LA, the group that licenses big video formats like H two four six or two six four, sorry, and H two six five. If the alliance can create a standard that catches on, it eliminate one of the most common costs for offering video playback on devices and through the internet. However, that is a big if. The tech industry is notorious for developing formats that either take ages to arrive or quickly fizzle out. Also, Apple isn't one of the founders unless the alliance can convince Apple to hop on board. It may have trouble reaching the widest possible audience. Hmm. So what are they trying to do exactly? Okay. So uh, right now, there are so many different video formats. I'm sure you've seen like AVI, MOV, MPEG, all these things. Uh, These are all developed by different companies. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Windows Media Video is a Windows format. Originally, MOV was not usable by Windows computers. It was really just an Apple thing. Okay. Everyone had kind of their own way of putting out video content. Now, these companies, these major media companies, are trying to make something together that they can all use sure. so that, one, it's more compatible across more things yeah. because 
the more compatible we have, the more kind of money they could make or yeah, they could the more make content right, they can put out right. and make themselves more money. The best one right now and the most popular one was developed by MPEG LA. Okay. That uses a uh, codec and a compressor called H264. Mm-hmm. It's what I encode things in when I upload it up to YouTube. Oh, okay. All stuff like that. So in order for them to put out this content and make money off of it, they owe a small cut to MPEG LA for using their technology and their like gotcha. what they developed to do yeah. it. So anytime they're sharing a video on Netflix with that format, yep. a little tiny piece is going back to MPEG LA, which is money they would rather have. So now if they all get together and they make this video format together, mm-hmm. then they don't owe money to anybody because they've all developed the technology and they can all use it. And now they can just keep the money that they're making. And they just have to get it developed and get right, it out right. there. Right, right. So from their side, that's their benefit. From our side, they're developing a video format that will be more widely compatible with so many different devices. So we get the benefit of right. this thing will play on this and will play on this and will play on that. But again, kind of the final piece of that foundation is if Apple jumps yeah. in and decides to do it with them, that's a whole part of the market, a whole major part of the market you that mean they need. Apple and Microsoft are going to work together. It's very possible for something like this. I mean, look at the other yeah. companies that are working together. Let's hope so. Amazon yeah. and Netflix, they're, well, clearly they're right. streaming. They're competitors, but at the same time, it benefits both of them to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Plus, in doing this, in throwing this many resources at something, one would think we're going to end up with an even better compression and yeah. a better video quality than what's currently out there because they're putting so many manpowers and so much money into it. It might be years away, but they're always developing the new things all the time. And right. when it comes out, we'll be like, holy and, and when crap. You, when you have these companies with the money that they have mm-hmm. investing into one product together, yes, they can get the best of the best to build this thing. Absolutely. And it'll probably get made faster than you think. Right. Are they really called the Alliance or did you make that up? No, they're really called the uh, the Alliance for Open Media. I like it. I like it too. Sounds cool. It's like yeah. a, it's like a superhero team. It is. <laughs> the previously announced revival of NBC's coach yeah. is no longer moving forward at the network. According to The Hollywood Reporter, NBC has opted to cancel the straight to series follow up, which was to have Craig T. Nelson reprising his role from the original series. 13 episodes had been ordered and would have starred Andrew Ridings as Hayden Vox's son. Original star Bill Foggerbach was also going to reprise his role role as Michael Dauber Dubinsky, which I didn't know up until this point he was going to be in the show as well. While no official release was given, Insiders Save the Comedy, which had just begun production, was not going well, and multiple people inside NBC were not optimistic about it from the start. Mm. I think the original way that this happened is because Craig T. Nelson had been on Parenthood on NBC for like the six seasons I think it was on. And they were like, we love this guy and he's worked with us in the past and we want to give him something new and let's revive coach. Yeah. And a lot of people were probably like, okay, cool. And there was probably all equal contingent going, I, why? And we had talked about it before. Yeah. But it's a series I started that I haven't finished. Yeah. I'm curious as to how it actually ended. Right. I right. wonder if that's part of it, but I don't know. Yeah. They try to revive things. It doesn't always work. No, no. I Most mean, times it seems to not work. But I don't it's, know. It's it too bad because to they like, were there. They were like at the point where they're like, all right, we're going to do this. And then somebody was like, no, you're not. It seemed to me Go like to they bed. had more confidence in it than they actually did. Yeah. They were putting up a little bit of a front. But that's kind of a bummer. But to have the two main characters back. Right. Like on board. Like, yeah, let's do it. Well, not two the, of the three. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, they coach. Right. And then Dauber was yeah. like his right hand man. Right. In the show. So, right. I mean, you don't really need too many more than that. No, that no, no. Yeah. But it's too bad. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Lastly, Sony and Naughty Dog have announced that Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, will now be released on March 18th, Mm. 2016. That is uh, a new date from when it was supposed to come out, I think, at the end of 2015. Then there was the delay announced way back, and they said it's going to come out sometime in 2016. Now we know March 18th is what we're waiting for. You will be all over that? All over that. And as a PS4 only? It is PS4 only. And I do it for PS3? Nope. Nope. Next gen console seller. Hmm. PS4 is already winning the console battle right now, hmm. but this is one of those console yeah. pushers for sure. That is it for this week's show, though. Oh. Any uh, final thoughts or something you'd like to plug? You can follow me on Instapoop. Instapoop. Mike from the gym. 
and I also have the supplements page, SPV supplements. And then if you want to check out what goes on at the gym, although we don't use that one too much, mm-hmm. it's Westerly Fitness. But definitely follow me, Mike from the gym. Excellent. I opened the page up so you can just see everything now. And now it's public. Now it's public because you right. explained to me I had to do that. <laughs> well, you didn't have to. But, but to make, but you're right. Yeah. Because people, I'm getting more likes. People are following. Mm-hmm. People are clearly, if I put a link, they're, they're checking it yes. out because now it's open and you can see it in the mm-hmm. hashtags. And I wasn't aware that that was an issue. Ah, okay. Maybe you want to explain that to everybody because maybe <laughs> other people out there don't know this. Yeah. If you want to use hashtags and stuff, there's no point in using them if you're a private page because no one will see those hashtags. And when I they did not know that. Yeah. I feel like when you when when you get Instagram and you do stuff like that, it should pop. Something should pop up and be like, "Hey, just so you know." Right, right. Like when you're in a video game, the tutorial there should be a tutorial. And be like, you know, if you want people to see your hashtags, mm-hmm. you have to stay open. I'm like, oh, oh. So I've wasted years. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I always wondered why you had a private, but uh, thanks, Rob. Yeah, you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. The tech guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate this show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. You can support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more geekiness for you. We will see you then. See you later. Make it so.